From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I go solo to somewhat reluctantly talk about my, what inspired my newest design, the wrap dress. I'll share why I decided to make it, the tricks I use to make a wrap dress with full coverage, and my thoughts on how we teach modesty. Hello, lovelies. I am nervous to record this, which is very unusual for me. Um, Unusual to a comical level, actually, because talking generally, but the feelings and the reasons behind my newest design are sensitive, and I don't want to mess it up, and it's not not really so much about messing it up as it is about, it, it, it puts me in a little bit of an uncomfortable situation, and it's an uncomfortable situation that I've been in several times before because as someone who approaches fashion differently from a lot of people and a lot of brands and by a lot I mean like all brands and not just modest ones um I'm very often people like to pit me against other fashion brands. They like to say, well, why can't everybody do it like Rifki? And why can't everybody just make their sizes better? Or why can't everybody just design things that work well if you're not super small? And why can't everybody just make things that work better for me? And there are a lot of reasons um, why people design the way they do, run their company the way they do. And there are actually a lot of valid reasons for why things work out the way that they do. And 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 when things like that come up, it puts me in a really uncomfortable situation. First of all, because I am not, I can understand why it may seem like I am on some kind of crusade to change modest fashion brands, um, but I'm not. I'm not looking to change any other brand. I'm looking to change the way that modest dressers see themselves, and that means sometimes pointing out some of the reasons why they might think that way, they being a modest dresser. But it's it's never, I, I never approach things from a malicious standpoint. Um, and I'm pretty confident that I've been able to walk that tightrope because, particularly when it comes to sizing, because I'm friendly with a lot of the brand owners. Um, and because I have a good relationship with a lot of brand owners, I would like to think I suppose they could be lying but I don't think that's true um I mean what I I suppose I mean like it is technically possible but I don't think that's the case that um people would not be nice to me if they saw me as a combative type person which I am not so total side note by the way because I just thought of sizing in my head and sizing is usually where these types of conversations come up um ever since I have um Ever since I did that live with Miriam when I was announcing that the collection is expanding to include size 3X or 2628, um, the 
um, a, a couple of um, brand owners has have reached out to me to say, you know, like, how do we do this? And and I've spoken through a, with a lot of people about, you know, how something like this comes together. And there are definitely some brands that are looking to change and there are definitely some that are not going to. And after speaking with them, I understand why. There are perfectly valid business reasons why someone would need to keep their sizes exactly the way that they are. So that's just, I guess, a little update on the whole um, inclusivity question or conversation, um, especially after uh, we got a lot of attention with um, the live that, um, you know, Miriam Pascal Cohn was on and uh, that Rahama from Drama jumped on and that um, Annette from Estes jumped on as well. So all of that, um, you know, I just wanted to give you that update. But I'm used to being in this othering position when it comes to size and and I'm and I'm okay with that. I am not used to being in othering feels strong, but I think I'm going to use it um, in this othering position when it comes to modesty. And I really hate talking about modesty on a deep soul level. Um, I find it to be incredibly uncomfortable. And I think the part of the reason why I find it to be incredibly uncomfortable is, and if you grew up Orthodox, you will recognize this line of thinking, particularly, I'm assuming that most of the people who listen to the podcast are, are women. If you're not a woman and you listen to this podcast, can you email me? Because I want to talk to you. I want to know why. Um, but talking about modesty makes me deeply uncomfortable because I was taught that m- in my head, being modest was always a synonym for sit down and shut up. Um, neither of those are things that I subscribe to, and neither of those are things that I'm particularly good at, and that's fine, because as an adult who has developed an adult perspective on modest dressing, I know that that's not true, um, and that there's a deeply flawed way way that we teach modesty, um, and particularly when we take the approach that it is a girl's responsibility to cover up so that a boy should not think something inappropriate. There's a whole lot of messed up layers there for girls and boys. Thinking like thinking that all men are pigs is not a great way to approach the world. And for men to think that, you know, or boys to think that all men are pigs is really not a great way to think about the world. So I actually made a very conscious decision when, you know, I design modest clothes because that's what I wear. That's what I know I want. I design clothes for people like me. And, and also because I am so committed to how women, specifically modest dressing women, think about themselves and, and changing the way that they think about themselves. And I think that the way that we teach modesty or tzniyas is a, is a huge part of this overall problem with how girls are taught to think about themselves. One of the lines that sticks in my head, if you're a listener of the podcast, you'll know a couple of weeks ago I had um, my good family friend does not feel like a strong enough word. My aunt, basically, without actually being blood related, Robin Shikon, who is a um, an educator for decades and someone who has taught both girls and boys. And one line that she said that has stuck in my head so, so much and has popped into my head so often since I recorded with her is that girls are never enough. Girls are never enough of anything. You know, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not dressed enough, you're not, you're nothing, you're just never enough. And 
all of that, I think, gets tied into the messaging that we have around how we dress and particularly how covered up we are with how we dress. So yes, I design modest clothes because that's what I wear and I think it's important to speak to that audience. But also, I don't want to talk about modesty because I don't think that anybody's level of modesty is my business. And I feel that quite deeply. Um, and anyone is welcome to wear my clothes. I know that there are people who wear my clothes who don't dress exclusively modest, which is awesome. And and it's awesome because I love that people have great clothes. It's not awesome because I think that they should be dressing modest more. And I, and I also know that there are people who buy my clothes and alter them significantly to make them less modest. And that's fine too. I truly do not care about the modesty level of really anyone else aside from myself truly truly and deeply which is why the wrap dress is somewhat uncomfortable to speak about because I am someone who I am someone who has found herself left out of mainstream modest fashion on two accounts I wear a size 14 I am I am sized out of a lot of brands I also for the most part, cover my knees, elbows, and collarbones. And I'm 5'2". I'm not very tall. And I have found myself sneezed out, if that's a word, of a lot of brands. I have found myself seeing what some brands are releasing and not being comfortable with the level of coverage. And again, nobody owes me coverage you know nobody owes me to be dressed to a certain standard and I know that there are plenty of people who look at my line and think oh it's too covered which is fine you're allowed to think that um but honestly the standards that I follow in the line are my own and I go for knees elbows and collarbone and that was something that I was finding collarbone specifically was just was something that other modest brands were starting to move away from. And again, no judgment. And I am going to reiterate this as many times as I possibly can because the wrap dress is a reaction to this phenomenon, but it's not from a place of, you know, fist wrangling at the sky or kids these days or, you know, people do, does anybody ever get dressed anymore? It's not any of that. It's, 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 it's just practicality. I saw tons of brands putting out pieces specifically that were either wrap tops or wrap dresses where they were not covered. They were not collarbone covered. And it's actually really funny for me to see because a lot of it is the same stuff that I used to wear like, you know, before when you were still allowed to wear shells. I used to wear wrap pieces all the time and I would wear them with a the shell. And it was actually kind of funny to like see them coming back, but because shells have become like really they're like, nobody's wearing shells anymore. It's just not a thing. Um, I mean, definitely some people, I shouldn't say that people do wear shells. Um, but I think that people are really more just looking now for the convenience of one layer. We've gotten used to the convenience of one layer and we've gotten looked to the comfort of one layer and we've gotten used to just the everything about, one layer and I think that there's also a level of 
I shouldn't have to layer everything. You know, I shouldn't have to worry about everything. And with so many modest brands coming up, there has been a huge, you know, a ton of options where you don't necessarily need to wear a shell depending on what your comfort level is. So you just don't. And I think that when that starts happening and becoming a shell and wearing a shell is just not something that is necessary anymore, then the work of like, and then something comes out and it's a little bit off of what you usually wear, but you're still not going to wear a shell because nobody wears shells anymore. Then that's where we end up with like this weird in-between spot. And that's kind of where I found myself. Um, I love wrap dresses. I used to wear them all the time at the shell. The other thing a lot of people do is that they will try to close a V-neck with a safety pin or some other pin or brooch or something. I find the Y shape that is created by closing up a V-neck to be so incredibly unattractive. I find it offensive. I really, truly do. Because the problem with just closing a v-neck with like just pulling pins together is as follows imagine the shape of a v you've got your two lines on either side that come to a point that make the sides of a v in the middle of that v is nothing it is empty space so if you take the sides of the v and you bring them closer together what you are doing is you are pulling two points that are meant to lay let's say two three inches away from each other towards each other and what you do when you create that point now imagine a y where all the three lines meet at that y point you are putting an incredible amount of tension right there on that point you're going to destroy the fabric it is not going to lay straight you're gonna get this like awkward pulling situation and i have literally never seen anybody pin a v-neck and have it look even remotely normal in general i just really hate visible alterations in my mind when you make a change to a garment you should do it in an intentional way and you should like i when i used to add um pieces to the bottom of um dresses like if they weren't long enough if they were department store dresses i would also add it somewhere else on the dress so that it looked intentional and i'm not talking about adding it on the cuff that doesn't count um you know i would add it as like a as like a block around the neck or like um as like a yoke or something i would do something very intentional so that the dress as a whole had a cohesive look and the truth is is that if you dress modestly then when you get dressed or when you shop that's the first thing you think about. You think about the modesty aspect of it. It's not, do I like this first? It's, will this cover my knees or will this cover my collarbone? That's just the place that your brain goes. And like, honestly, it's kind of like keep it kosher. Like if it doesn't have a heksha, you're not buying it. And I get it. Like at the end of the day, if it's not modest enough, it's pretty much useless. But there should, there is also, not there should, there is also a way to go about dressing modestly without having weird alterations and without sacrificing your standards and yeah and then you get this and then you get these wrap tops and and you have these brands that are putting out wrap tops and dresses that are truly v-neck now I want to explain for a second to get a wrap dress with coverage with collarbone coverage is technically very difficult because your neck is in the way. 
the way that a wrap dress works, and if you watch the um the process of me creating this style on Instagram and stories, then you'll then this will sound familiar to you. If you haven't, then I highly suggest you check out uh, the highlight that is uh, WIP, which stands for Work in Progress Wrap Dress, and I explain it all there. The way that a wrap dress works is that there are basically two triangles that have to cross over each other. The point of a triangle, the, the straight edge of the triangle, let's say, goes across your neck, behind your neck, from shoulder to shoulder, and then the two points of the triangle go down towards your chest. In order for those two sides to cross over, they need to make a straight line on a traditional wrap dress from your shoulder towards the side seam, towards the neckline, towards the side seam through the neckline. And the only way that you are making that straight line towards the side seam through the neckline is if you angle it into a V-neck that is, you can do this to varying degrees of lowness, um, but it's nowhere near your collarbone. If you're doing that as a straight line, then it is like at a minimum like four or five inches below. And this is a lot of what we've see, seen a lot of brands put out now. So your your head gets in the way. Like your head and your arms just get in the way. So from a technical standpoint, it's it's really difficult to do. So it also kind of makes sense that certain modest brands are, I want to say, taking the easy way out and releasing pieces that are easier to design and easier to produce when even if they don't have like as much coverage as some of their other pieces because they're just, you know, like they're just like, oh, well, your head's in the way. You can't do anything. And then they leave it up to their customers to decide if they're going to add a pin or a snap or wear something underneath or just wear it as is. Which, again, everyone is entitled to do and I have no judgment on anyone who chooses to dress differently. I want to make that so abundantly clear. But my you know, the way that my wrap dress is different is that it's not actually a wrap. Um, the front is, I've been calling it a flap, which feels very inelegant, but it's the best way I can think to describe it. Um, and if you look very closely at the neckline, the two sides are actually not symmetrical because some very clever angling is what's needed to get full coverage at the neckline. And the fact that they're not symmetrical, aside from the fact that it like adds visual interest without you really realizing that it's there, um, it also just gives a very cool elongating effect. Companies are allowed to produce whatever they'd like to produce and consumers can decide how they'd like to wear them. My guess is that most people are wearing the tops that are produced with less coverage as is. And again, I'm not I'm not here to judge that. Some people are going to put a snap in it. That'll make a gross Y. Fewer, I think, will wear it with a shell. But, you know, that's that's up for every person to decide. And again, no judgment on how anyone chooses to dress. But none of those options are going to work for me. Ever. Those are just not things that I'm going to do. And I really love the wrap look. I really, I really love it. And I really wanted it. And the truth is, is that I, like I said before, I'm always hesitant to bring up these issues because I, I have no interest in preaching. I also fundamentally believe that everyone is deserving of respect, no matter how they dress. And I also think that 
part of the problem with how we teach modesty to our girls kind of insinuates that if you are not dressed in a certain way, or if by extension somebody else is not dressed in this certain way, then they are somehow less than. And that's awful and terrible. And I know plenty of people who were given exactly that same kind of messaging, and it took them a very long time to unpack it, or, and they probably still are, honestly. And at the same time, I personally see the value in dressing this way and dressing modestly and continue to do so in my own life as a choice that I have made. So with all of that together, as a modest dresser, seeing modest companies put out clothes that don't meet my personal modesty standards sucks. It feels especially exclusionary coming from your own. And that's not to say that anybody else has an obligation to uphold any sort of standard. It just speaks to the reality that from the other side of the table, it sucks. So I went and made my own wrap dress that had full coverage. And like I said, I did some very clever tricks in the neckline to give kind of the appearance and look of a V, but it's got full coverage. It's right there at the collarbone. Um, the way that the dress works is that it's fully sewn down on both sides. So you don't have to worry about any, um, like any skirt flying up or anything, which when I used to wear wrap dresses was always the concern. I used to sew down part of the skirt with like invisible stitching from the inside. So it's, it's fully sewn into the side seam on both sides. And the, and the front has this flap that crosses over the the other side of the front and then it ties on the side. So it gives the effect of a wrap dress. Oh, and then the front flap also has some really clever pleating that goes into the tie, uh, honestly, just because it's super flattering and cute and I really like it. So that also just gives this like very cool, really nice effect throughout the whole dress that makes you feel like you're wearing a wrap dress, but you have full coverage at the neckline and you are fully closed at the skirt and then the sleeves I put a little box pleat in the in the top of the sleeve because I thought it would be cute uh, and because it matched with the with the pleating around the um uh, uh, like at the tie area as well so it's a really really cool style and then on top of that I thought this is a really cool style and also I could for sure wear this to work and wear it to a simcha, um, you know, wear it for dressy occasions. So I made it in two different fabrics. One of them is a cotton gingham. It is a black and white, like checkerboard kind of pattern. Um, very cool, perfect for summer, very excited to wear it. And then the other is a navy taffeta fabric that has this like really gorgeous texture that is going to be my go-to summer wedding dress. And I just really feel like that is such a great piece to have on like at your disposal on your closet because it's an it's an update from a really good black dress first of all it's navy so it's not as heavy as a black dress and it has so many design details that really get shown and like really shine beautifully in the navy fabric that you get to appreciate all of the work that goes into something like this with just like a very high-end looking type of dress so that's the wrap dress you can find it in sizes 2 through 24 this is the last style 
that is only going to be available in 2 through 24. Every single style after this is 2 through 28. Um, but this is this dress is in 2 through 24. Uh, both colors are on the website, impactfashionnyc.com. You can find them there under dresses. Uh, the cotton gingham one is going to be stocked at the address. It should be there on Tuesday or Wednesday um, after this podcast is released. So you can see it. Um, you can, you know, try it on there if you'd like. Uh, don't forget that if you're ordering online, U.S. shipping and returns are completely free. And I'm always here to answer any sizing questions or any fit and style questions. If you're not sure if this is something that would work for you or anything like that, you definitely, you know, reach out and I'll be happy to help you with it. And that's the wrap dress. I hope I, I, I hope I, I hope I'm not apologetic and I hope that it doesn't come off as apologetic. I just also want to be careful with the way that we approach these issues. And one thing that I do just want to hammer home is that this is not a direct critique of the way that anybody else chooses to design or run their line. This is an answer to a frustration that I personally was having. And I hope that you like it as much as I do. You can see the wrap dress at impactfashionnyc.com. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my designs or the wrap dress, head over to impactfashionnyc.com. On the last episode, I spoke with the founders of Jewish Women of Wisdom, a peer-to-peer support group for women age 50 plus. Listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the only one I created with that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are currently available in sizes 2 through 24 and soon up to size 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 18 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant-parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifia Twitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.